Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Well, hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dory Shafrier. And we aren't experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Indeed, we do. Uh, If you'd like to find out about the serums we mentioned on the show, check out our website, forever35podcast.com. For links, you can follow us on Twitter at Forever35Pod, Instagram at Forever35Podcast, and of course, join the Forever35 Facebook group where the password to gain entrance is serums. Indeed. You can also call or text us at 781-591-0390. Our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. The next issue is going out tomorrow. And, you know, I just want to say, if you enjoy listening to the show and you have not done so, if you would, if you have a minute and you want to leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, it's a huge help to us. And we sincerely, really, really appreciate it. A good review, five stars. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it does help people find the show, learn about the show. And um, it also is just... um 
helpful for us to to have to look good. Yeah, and you know, I just saw that Spotify is adding podcast ratings. Oh, of course. So please do that so, there. If you're on Spotify and you want to leave us a rating or review, please do. Yeah, we can only rate and review our own podcast so many times before it gets weird, you know? Like <laughs> I can't be in the- before we get banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god, Dory, I'm really tired because I can't stop reading at night. Oh, what are you reading right now? Book 13 of Ice Planet Barbarians, my alien sex series. You are really cruising through this. I'm reading like one book a day at this point. How many books are there? Oh, I think there's, there's, I think there's like a whole other larger Ice Planet world. Like, I think I can keep going. There was a part of me yesterday that was like, I'm going to be devastated when this ends. And also, it might never end because I think this author has written so many, like, tangentially related books related to this ice planet. So, I'm both, like, excited and apprehensive, but also, I don't know, am I only going to read about these aliens for the next year? It's possible. That might be just where I am at. I mean, who knows? I, and I think you too, like, we have zero, I, I hate people who judge what other people read. I hate morality placed on books. I hate this idea that there's ever anything called a guilty pleasure or trashy book. I hate all that shit so much. Wow. Hold on. Deep breaths, Kate. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just saying that like, for me, I just think it's so important for us to read whatever it is we want to read and not read what we feel like we should be reading. Yes. I mean, certainly it is important to like broaden our horizons and educate ourselves. But for the most part, I just want to be reading these alien books. Wow. Okay. All right. You know, I'm cut and, and you know that thing, oh, I forget what it's called, but in the last year people have talked about how like you sabotage sleep because the one thing you want to have control over your life is staying up late and looking at your phone. Yes, totally. I forget what that's called, but that's what I'm currently doing with these books. I was I think in bed. It's called um revenge procrastination. Is that what it's something called? Something like that, yes. I mean, I got in bed last night at 9.45, and I was like, I'll read till 10.30. It's it's called Revenge Bedtime Procrastination. Okay. Well, every time I got to the time where I said I would stop, I kept going. So I got to 10.30, and then I would be like, okay, the end of this chapter. And then then I would be like, no, just one more till 10.45. And then finally at 12.30, I was like, I have to stop. Wow. (sighs) Yeah. It's not great because I want to be sleeping, but I also want to be with the aliens. I get it. I get it. You know, I read before bed also. And lately what's been happening to me is I have been, I've been so tired that I've been closing my eyes with my Kindle still in my hands. I mean, that is the best feeling though. That feeling of like you're reading and then you're like, I'm just going to duck out for a second. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or like Matt finds me and he's like, did you fall asleep again (laughs) while you were reading? And I'm like, what? Oh. No. <laughs> like, yeah, I did. Um, I did, Matt. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I am reading a delightful book that I know you've read because you blurbed it. What book? Alyssa Sussman's Funny You Should <gasps> Ask. Oh, it's so good. 
It's so delightful. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Um, Alyssa is a friend. She lives here in in LA. She's an amazing writer and her first adult novel. I think it's her first adult novel. She's written a bunch of books. It's called Funny You Should Ask. It is a wonderful, smart, contemporary romance set in Hollywood. Um, And I'm so, it's like she and I had talked about this like we go for hikes and talk about what we were working on. And she was like, I have this idea. And so it's always so cool when like, then all they become real and it's not yours, but somebody else's. I don't know. It's such a great book. I'm glad you're yeah. enjoying it. I am enjoying it. Um, yeah. It's, it's really fun also because the conceit is um, a woman who did a celebrity profile of a, of an actor 10 years before is asked to profile him again. And the first, pro- this, this all gets revealed in the first like 10 pages. So I'm not like, I'm not spoiling anything, but the first profile was like made her career because she spent the weekend with him and it wasn't clear whether they had like slept together or not. And there were a couple of celebrity profiles, like, gosh, I mean, six to 10 years ago that were very similar to this, like, um, Edith Zimmerman's Chris Evans profile. And Jessica Pressler's Channing Tatum profile. Oh, yeah. Um, where they spent a long time with <laughs> their subjects. And I think Edith even climbed out of Chris Evans's window, which is something that <laughs> happens in this book too. So as someone who, um, has written celebrity profiles and has a lot of friends who are kind of in this media world, that part has been very fun for me to read. Yeah, it's a fun one. I really like this book. I'm excited for people to read it. Yeah. Um, but yes, Kate, I know how that is. I And that has happened to me too. That, I feel like that often happens to me like with mysteries where I'm like, I just got to keep reading because I, yes. I got to find out who did it. And then... Yes, and then that totally makes like, sense. Why is it midnight? That is way too late for me. Well, and it's also this like weird challenge because you're like the reading is like this is my escape the world i am stressed my escape is this book but then i but then it's like it's like my self-care but then it's also like ruining my self-care yeah and i kind of don't know like what it's like it is again like two roads diverge in a yellow wood what do i choose robert frost when he wrote that poem what he was talking about is a 2022 pandemic do we sleep or do we read Mm. You know, like what happens when your your good thing is actually not good for you anymore? When it perhaps is too much of a good thing. Yeah, I think that, Dory, that's an excellent question. When is something too good of a good thing? Mm -hmm. Do you have anything like that in your life that's like other than than like reading until you're exhausted? Sometimes binging TV. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, I think I've talked about this that I do, I do enjoy a binge, um, <laughs> of television. And then yes. sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, I've just watched like four episodes in a row of whatever show. This is, this is a lot. <laughs> um, I'm fully in this world right now. Yeah. I'm like way too much in this world right now. So. Yeah, I get it. I get how I get how it is. 
I mean, I'm also kind of of the mindset that like, especially right now, it's like, whatever the fuck gets you through, gets you oh, through. Totally. Yes. I totally agree. So whatever works, you know? But I was in like physical therapy today and I like had to be paying attention and I like had the book open on my phone and I was like, oh, I don't want to be like doing finger exercises. I want to be heating my hand so I can read more of this book. Like it's getting in the way of everything. Do you, do you do physical therapy on Zoom? No, I go in person twice a week. Oh, so you were you were trying to read? <laughs> okay, okay, let me set the stage here. <laughs> Wait, what? Every, every physical therapy session I have starts with them heating my hand. So okay, normally okay. my I sit there for five to 10 minutes. Sometimes I have to dip my whole hand in hot paraffin wax like four times, like you're getting uh, it's at the salon to heat it. And then it goes in these heating pads. So they're heating my hand for 10 minutes. So I just kind of sit there and look at my phone. Mm. But then like, again, I I just should have, I just wanted to keep reading, but I had to stop the heating of the hand and stop the reading and move into the exercise portion of hand therapy. Got it. Got it. Got it. But I do love when I show up and then I get to sit there and just warm up my hands. It's a very mm. nice part. Yeah, it's nice. It's one perk of having a broken hand. I would love to hear what people are reading. And I, I will maybe take a break from my my aliens at some point. But listen, don't don't take a break on account of me. Oh, I'm not. Don't worry. No, I just <laughs> more like I mean there's more there it it's more that there's so much I want to read that I want to make sure I'm I'm not just that I'm like reading the other things that I, I want to be reading. But I I just it's like I can't stop. I can't stop. I get it. I get it. Well, also like once you get sucked into a world, you kind of just want to like be in that world. Yeah. Yes. And it also feels like, you know, a really it's a really like comfortable escape that I now know. Like I now know <laughs> the dynamics of the ice planet. So like I can just get you know, I can just zip right back in. I don't have to learn a new world. And I feel like right mm-hmm. now, as there's so much chaos in the world, and I, it's just so nice to be like, oh, here I go again, tuning everything out. So I on my ice planet with my aliens who are going to fall in love again. Okay. Take that <laughs> cor- fucking COVID. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take that, COVID. Take that. <laughs> the aliens are going <laughs> to help me get through this. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, I don't know, Dory. You know, every day is just a new adventure. It really, really is. <laughs> never ends. It never yep. ends. Well, <sighs> I do feel like we have a very fun conversation coming up for people on our oh. first interview of 2022. I agree. I really, I mean, look, our guest is one of my very close friends. So <laughs> it would be weird if I was like, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really, really awkward if Dory was like, eh, this wasn't, I didn't really get into this one. Totally. It was really fun. It was actually also fun as someone who, you know, I know I'm friends with, a, uh, our guest is Elizabeth Olsen. Excuse me. We just need to lay Elizabeth, it out there. Well, we should say Elizabeth Spiridakis Olsen, because yes. as she, as she likes to point out she is not elizabeth olsen the actress which wow um, what if you were good friends with elizabeth olsen I mean, the actress look, stranger things have happened i'm just gonna read her bio so you can be as impressed 
as you should be. Um, Elizabeth Spurdakis Olson was once known for her fashion blog, White Lightning, which you can use today to find her on Instagram. Since then, she's been the creative director at places like Kate Spade and Bon Appetit and on freelance creative design work, designing things like the cover of Big Friendship by Amina Tussauds and Anne Friedman and design and creating the brand identity for brands like My Eats and Chelsea Wynn Company. Most recently, Elizabeth just started a new role as VP Creative at Food 52. I mean, talk about a cool job. Well, and she's just like a fashion inspo style inspo like just really kind of like marches to the beat of her own creative drum and yes i really i really love kind of following her for inspiration and I, I i wanted to circle back and just say like as someone who is friends with elizabeth but not you know i don't know i don't know her very well but it was really fun getting to like see you guys be together as good friends Aww. I just really enjoyed it. Also, we should say during this episode, I was having massive technical difficulties. Oh my which gosh. Yes. Everyone very patiently right. put up with. But if for some reason I'm cutting in and out or you don't hear from me, it's because I was literally floating in the ether dealing with dead internet or something silly. But I really enjoyed getting to just kind of, I don't know, it, it's like as your friend, it was fun to see you kind of get to be with a friend. I don't know why, but if that sounds weird, but it, it was. Well, I mean, I hope everyone enjoys this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. So yeah. Can we give a little a highlight? Wait till you get hear us talk about hair extensions. Oh, yeah. It's so is, it, my mind is blown in this part this of the interview. This is next level. This is when it's fun to interview a friend. Because you know because, their secrets. Because, well, I mean, it's not like this is a huge secret, but like... You know things about them that you wouldn't know about just a regular person and you get to ask them about them. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. It anyway, fun. so we're going to take a short break and we will be right back with Elizabeth. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got what? to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about Quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic 
whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. 
Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. We are so excited to have on the pod today a dear friend, <laughs> a fashion and style icon, Elizabeth Spiridakis Olson. Welcome to Forever 35. Hi. Hi. I can't believe I'm here. I'm very oh, excited. It's so good to see you. Welcome. I know you too. I feel like we have so much to talk about, but let's start with our traditional Forever 35 opening question. I, as your friend, I'm very curious to hear your answer to this, but as a podcast host, I'm also interested. But what is a self-care practice that you have um, these days that kind of brings you joy? I've been thinking a lot about this because I knew that you were going to ask this question. I mean, I have... I think, I mean, I feel like self-care has been hard to come by a little bit recently, yeah. been a lot going on. Um, but I would say the few things that are kind of like bringing me peace these days that I'm kind of like, I are making me feel good. One, I'm, you know, you know, Dory personally, but that I love cozy mystery still. So I'm still into my, yeah, my cozy mysteries. Um, I had a slight spin-off into the political thriller uh oh genre. Was that because was that because of the Hillary the HRC yes. Louise collab? Okay. Yes. The collab got me a little bit excited, so I kind of like dipped started to dip a toe into the Bill Clinton oh, uh novels James with James Patterson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've been reading those. Um those have been enjoyable for me. Basically, I'm at this point where I'm just like trying to find books between Louise Penny. There's this whole other series that I read on the side, but I don't recommend them always because they're written in a different time and they're problematic uh, in a lot of ways. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Not like super bad, but it's the kind of thing where I'm like, 
that could have been said a little bit differently, and I don't know about that plot, but they're gentle. They take place in Venice. It's a it's a, a cop in Venice and fighting Italian crime. So I kind of enjoy those. And then this is very corny, but we have recently kind of like redone our bedroom, like did it up, made it designed out. And it makes me feel so good at the end of the day to just make it in box zero in the bedroom. Like everything's hung up. Like I'm taking clothes off and I'm hanging it right up and I'm getting into a made bed every day. And I feel like that was not always my life. And like maintaining that, getting into bed at night and just looking out in your room is like a serene place really actually helps me end my day feeling not like terrible. Wait, inbox zero in the bedroom. You are blowing my mind with that. That is what I'm talking about, because I'm like... There's no pile that you're just staring at for a week. I designed my new little closet where my laundry's in it, so I'm not staring at it. I was like, we've been living in this house for five years, and our bedroom was never touched. It was just a white box, literally, of crap. And now that we've like made all of these positive, beautiful changes, I'm like, this makes me feel so nice. This is exactly what I wanted. I want to wake up and I want to go to bed at least feeling like this one space is not a problem. <laughs> I love that so much as someone whose bedroom is the farthest from bedroom zero as as a bedroom possibly could be. Elizabeth, I watched the transformation of your bedroom on your Instagram and it was it was like really inspirational to watch. It's so your style is so joyous. Thank you, Dory. (laughs) It was really fun. And like, I say that I surprised, I was like surprised because it stressed me out. I I don't know. I think it's because I have no, I love like, I don't know. I love doing stuff to my house, but for some reason the bedroom was giving me stress because I'm like, what if I don't like it? And for all the reasons we just talked about, my goal was like, I want to lay in here at night and I want to wake up in here and just feel like happy with my surroundings. And like, that was years and years of that not happening. And it's like you know, all of your, my own particular, like, things that I put stress on myself about is I would look around and you're automatically like, I can't even get my laundry done. I just have this giant pile. I'm never going to get to it. This room looks like crap. Like, what am I doing with my life? And it's like this dramatic spiral. And, and so I was like, okay. And the room is like weirdly big. Like, I think they did some weird Frankensteining. And I was like, how do you even pick a paint color for this? What if I hate it? What if Preston hates it? Mm -hmm. What if we're in this room and we're constantly like, ugh, this was a mistake. But once I kind of had concepts I like, and I I worked with this woman, Holly, who's this amazing designer, who's also a friend in my town. And it was just so much fun. And I've Mm -hmm. never really had that experience. Like, I've always just like put up some wallpaper, painted a wall, but we like did stuff like cut the shutters out of our old closet doors and put in bam like bamboo rattan like I don't know it was just really um fun and exciting and like I've never really done that much stuff in a space before and it was very fun for me too. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. You mentioned your partner, husband, Preston. Mhm. How does design stuff work with him because you are an extremely creative person. This is your job, your life, but he is not. Does he have input? Like, does he have veto power? Or are you just kind of like, this is how it's going to be? 
I think if you ask him, he's going to tell you that I say this is how it's going to be. And if you ask me, I'm like, I of course want your input. <laughs> and like, I do. <laughs> I do. And I do. But he also has like, not the most tolerance for it. So let's say we would have big meetings and I would. For the and, process. Yeah. Like, or like, you know, he's he's interested, but I'm also like, hey, do you have two hours to go through paint swatches and he's sort of like right, I which don't which like, is something that you like love yeah and I love it <laughs> right I always treat Preston almost like a client like I'll put a presentation together and I'll be like this is what I think like to oh me this God, is the picks I love that you know I mean we're, we're trying to gear yeah. up to do our kitchen too next year and I have like uh-huh. a Google Slides doc that I've done like for me to bring my ideas together but I'm, I'm like told him I was like I need to present the Google slide to you <laughs> like it's the be- it's like the way oh, I know my God like how to pitch ideas and he is sometimes he's usually like we're actually usually on the same page and I feel like there's always just like one thing where he's like I don't like that and I'll be like okay I respect it <laughs> And right. most of the time, then I'll be like, okay, let's find an alternative. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, but I love it. But mostly it's like, as long as we like discuss it, he's mm-hmm. usually, he's usually on board. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, Elizabeth, we originally met because I wanted to profile you for the New York Observer because you had an amazing fashion blog called Feels Like White Lightning. And I was a fan of yours. And you very wisely declined to be profiled. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say very wisely, but like, I mean, you were kind of like, you were like, I'm good. I was like, I know you want to do this just to make fun of me. <laughs> that was what except I, I Except I didn't. Like, I, I was, know. Well, I, I didn't know genuinely you. genuinely a fan. I right. only knew the observer. And I was like, yes, I'm afraid of this. But thank you for asking. <laughs> Totally. But then I was like, I think I was like, can we hang out anyway? And you were sort of like, okay. <laughs> and then we became friends. Didn't we go um, to Marlowe and Sons? I feel I, like that was, was our just, first date. <laughs> I think that was our first date. Was it Marlowe and Sons? I remember it. Me too. So I'd love for you to kind of bring us back to that time when you were like an OG fashion blogger. What inspired you to start the blog like how did it bring you joy great questions um i started the blog well you know okay well we're all like the same age and it's like at at a certain point we had that kind of great i think life where like you know computers were what you used to like write your paper for school and we started using them in college but like even in my job which was doing design and when i started my blog i was working at the New York Times uh, at T Magazine. Um, oh, and, and what year are we talking here? 2006-ish? 2006-ish. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this to say, like, I was almost like a Luddite. Like, I was into my computer, but, like, I was using it for work, and I used it to, like, go on MySpace, maybe. Like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? I wasn't on Facebook, even. Right. I wasn't, like, really that into it. And then, but I was constantly like texting my friends from work with like stuff I saw on probably Gawker or whatever. Like I was constantly sort of collecting Mm -hmm. funny things and I can't even really remember who, how I was like, Oh, I could start like a blog. And I was very sort of starting getting into that. Like I was starting to notice them. Like I'd be at work and I would be like, Oh, this is like a cool blog. And it was very much like the teenagers, like in their bedrooms yeah. in the, like I'd be like I found this cool 15 year old girl and so I started doing it and it was really like 
cloak and dagger at first. I had to spe- ask special permission from the Times to start a blog. Oh, wow. And they were like, well, as long as you never say you work at the New York Times, you can do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were so, like, against it. Did you um, Did you have your name on it? I don't even remember. I had my name on it probably in the little, like, blogger, you know, uh, yeah. template, little side bio with the picture. Yes. But I was very, like... I might have just said Elizabeth. I might not have had my last name. I was like so afraid I was going to get fired from my job for having a yeah. fashion blog um, right. that kind of talked about pop culture. And I just really loved it. I loved like connecting with all these different people all over the world in different places. I mean, there are so many girls, women that I met then that I'm still friends with now. And some of them I've probably maybe just met once in my life, but I like know their whole life wow. story and they know mine. I mean, it's everyone's very online now, but... It was a very um, foreign thing to a lot of people then. They were like, I don't understand. You're just kind of like online. You know these people? I'm like, yeah. And it did. It just brought me joy. It brought me joy to like talk about my outfits and to Mm -hmm. look at other people's clothes and to write about celebrities and the music I liked and the stuff I was doing with my friends. Yeah. And I, I, that was, I started getting into the blog world and that's when I, I was following this one girl, this teenager in Chicago, and she wrote about her little sister's friend who was 10 and just started her fashion blog. And that was Tavi Gevinson. And I was like, I'm obsessed with this. And I went to one of the editors of the Times and I was like, "Okay, can we write about this 10 year old who just started a fashion blog? And she's like cooler than we'll ever be. And I wrote it. (laughs) This was my friend, Christine, who was always like, you should write. You should write. And I would sometimes write little things about a band or something. Mm -hmm. And so I did this like thing about the young teens on the blog spot <laughs> it was like a thing and then I don't know I just really loved it for a really long time and then I started to not love it when it became something that became more like influencers like we know now mm, and yeah. it was like oh they want do you want to host this party um but we don't need clothes that fit you or but we can like pay you fifty dollars and like do you want you know it was kind of like I got less enamored of it when I was like, I don't even know how I fit into this. And also I have a full-time job and also right. I don't like, I'm not, I wasn't fitting really the mold of like who was kind of cool at that point. And, and I don't know, it sort of started to become something that made me feel bad about myself. So I kind of started doing mm. it less, but I loved it for the most part. I just had like a flashbulb memory of you doing that slideshow about Lady Gaga. <laughs> Oh my god, her teacup. Remember? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I actually thought about that recently that I was like, I truly did a full slideshow at the ninety second street Y case. Yes. <laughs> like a PowerPoint presentation about Lady Gaga and how she was do you remember her phase where she brought a teacup everywhere? A China teacup everywhere? Yes, I do. Like, like I literally set up a timeline and presented it. <laughs> Yes, it was so good. <laughs> oh my oh. god! I really, yeah, getting to do stuff like that—great, great part of that whole that whole uh, era. I love what you're saying about just doing it for fun because I do feel like this whole world of influencer culture and side hustles has really taken away from internet for fun. Like even TikToks yeah. that go viral, they start monetizing and selling merch have you found something currently like that that brings you just pure joy on the internet 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still really enjoy Instagram for the most part. I, I mean, I there's parts of it that I don't, but like Instagram was something too that I was like, I don't, I don't want to monetize this. Like, I do think maybe if I'd been a, a different person or had been pushed in a different way. I could I could be making lots of money right now from my Instagram, maybe, you know, but I was just like, because I remembered that happening with my blog, I was like, I just want to sometimes come on here and like post about what I'm watching, some dumb thing my kids said and like talk about what I like to shop with. Like other than that, I don't know. I'm not um, I'm not like deep into TikTok. Like I enjoy a curated TikTok on my Instagram, um, but I'm also 43 years old. So like I understand that's probably like my beat. Like I love TikToks, but I go into the app and I get like very overwhelmed and it's almost too much. Um, but like I'm still like into to Instagram kind of like I don't hate it. Because other than that, I don't know what else brings me joy on the Internet, to be honest. How do you think being a tastemaker, quote unquote, changes as you get older? I guess it depends on the path your life takes. I mean, for me, obviously, like uh, being a mom, I'm a mom now. um, There was definitely a difference in my follower count after I had a kid, but that that I went down. Um, Mm -hmm. And again... I don't care because that's not how I make my living. So it was something I noted, but it wasn't something that made me feel like I had to, you know, de-emphasize my child in my feed or something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I guess it's going to have to change. And I think it just depends on what you've always been into. But I think that if there's people on Instagram that have been following me since my blog and they tell me, and I think it, it's stayed the same as that. I'm always just going to talk about stuff that I love and it varies yeah. and it's like clothes and it's food, it's TV, it's um, it's whatever. But yeah, I'll include more stuff about my kid and a lot of stuff about my house now because I live in a house. You know, when I started my blog, I was in a teeny tiny apartment in the East Village. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of house mm-hmm. stuff to talk about. I had one cabinet. Um, but yeah, so I guess it, it's just for me, it's evolved to be more, I don't know grown-up, grown-up mom. I love your style, and I love, I love how you put together an outfit, but could you teach us, like, one trick to enhancing a look? Because I tend to, I tend to dress like a towel, basically. Like, I just am, like, all one color, all one (laughs) shape. You know what I mean? Like, I just am, like, kind of an amorphous color blob. How do you spice it? First of all, all, you have red sneakers, so I know you're not an amorphous color blob towel. I've seen your red sneakers, and I tried to buy them. (laughs) What is my tip? Okay, I have, uh, I guess, a couple things. I mean, for me, it's like... Not that hard because I just like, I don't, I don't wear black. I don't really, I never have been someone that kind of doesn't wear color. Um, even like my kid who's five today, um, I kind of had got these black boots that I was returning and he was like, mom, I don't know why you picked black. You never wear black. And I was like, yes, that is so true. And thank you for seeing me. I was like, thank you so much, Zeph. You understand me. So I wear a lot of color. So I guess it's hard to say, but I feel like, 
if I'm doing like a neutral thing, like I've fallen in love with a sock in the past uh, couple of years. I used to be a big tights person. Um, but now that I wear like much longer dresses, I feel like I'm like, I would love to see a bright blue. Like Kate, if you're going to do like this, like, like a camel sweater, just like some jeans, like I would love an electric blue sock on you with your with your shoe or a bright green i've been wearing bright green with everything i just i have i like go through phases where i pick one crazy color or a couple and i've just decided that they go with everything and then i just do that like kelly green and that kind of like eves klein blue that everyone loves i'm like you can wear that with everything what is that going to look bad with and who's going to tell you that so like put on the sock or like a beanie i'm a big beanie person i know you guys are in la so like questionable there's a, there's a small, there's small windows for beanies for you guys. Um, We're in that window though. Right I know. Now. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> when it's raining in LA, everybody knows it. I've been like, oh yeah. I also, it must be delightful, like to just have a little bit of time to like wear a sweater or a jacket. Yes. We were just talking about that. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's so is. fun. Um, Shapes? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I can tell anybody what to do about a shape. I think that, like, I have, like, a couple of silhouettes that I feel comfortable in, and and that's what I wear all the time. So, like, I think what I'm into is probably not what, what, like, you would be into. Like, for me, like, I love a dress, and I love something that's, like, a little bit fitted at the waist, and then I love, like, a big, long skirt. So I kind of just stick with that. Or if I'm going to wear a jumpsuit, I want it to be that same shape. But... I like invite you to bring tiny bits of color into your life just for some fun or a shoe, which Dory, I don't know if you are rocking anything like that. But the last time I saw Kate right before she broke her hand, she was wearing red hokas. (laughs) That's true. That is true. And I was really taken with them. You know, Elizabeth, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what it's like being a maximalist in a world of minimalism and condoing and people always talking about decluttering. And you just seem to like embrace the joy of maximalism of stuff. You talk about that. Yeah, sure. I think I do think you can be a maximalist and still not embrace the clutter or, well, let's say not clutter, but you can still condo. I'm still like, I'm a ruthless Perger. Okay. Which is why I can reach bedroom zero. Like, right. If it doesn't fit in my closet or my drawers, it's out. This is a new thing for me. Like, I am like, if I don't have a space for it, I cannot have it in my life anymore. I cannot live. I can't live that way. Mm-hmm. My sister and I have started having these like annual giant sale in my backyard where we purge everything. And I think we're going to start doing it two times a year. I have also kind of sort of done that with my life in our house. Like we have Mm. stuff, but it's curated. Like in our living room, I went through and I I've been like a thrifter my entire life. So yeah, I have a ton of stuff. But once we moved into this house, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't need, this doesn't need to look like a thrift store. Like I, (laughs) I, you know what I mean? And I purged ruthlessly and I still do it. I mean, our basement's another story and I'll never let anybody see it. And like there's one place where it's really like out of control, but I have a lot of stuff and like you can see my bookshelf. There's a lot of stuff, but it's not like 
not without purpose. Like the books are all stacked. Like if there's anything else that's not going to fit on there, I'm kind of going to be like, okay, what books am I maybe giving away? Because I'm not, Mm. I don't know. I can't just keep adding without taking away. So I'm not a minimalist, but I'm also like, don't want to live like a hoarder. Like it's not, I'd like it to be purposeful. It's purposeful. I guess you can call it clutter because I'm definitely not a neat freak, but I'm trying really hard. I mean, I'm, I'm failing miserably in my child's playroom. Like we have a little sunroom that is where his toys are. And I feel truly bad about myself when I go in there because it's just like a giant mess. But everywhere else where I feel like I have control, I am just kind of like, you know, if like if I get something like a friend of mine gave me this really cool glass piece, like kind of a vase, but could be whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I love this. I think I'm gonna put it on the mantle, but something else has to go. I'm not just gonna like put it up there and add it. I was like, okay, well, this piece has to go. You know what? I loved it. It had a good life. I'm going to either offer it up on buy nothing or it, I'm taking it to the thrift store. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I don't believe in getting rid of stuff that, you know what I don't believe in, Dory? Tell me. First of all, I just think it's so funny that everyone calls you cat and door. When I listen, I'm like, never in <laughs> not a million years would I, I, I've been friends with Dory <sighs> for over a decade. I've never once called you door in my entire life. And you're such a Kate to me, you're not a cat. But let me tell you, Cat and Door, that um, I, you know, the rule where they're always like, well, if you haven't worn it in a year, you're never going to wear it and get rid of it. That's a lie. And I don't ascribe to that. Mm. I just don't believe it. I think you have to, because like you go through phases and every once in a while you're like, you know what? This baby's back. This weird sweater is back and I haven't worn it. But then, like, I'll have something that I've worn a few times, and if I, but I've started doing, if I put it on, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, I don't love this, I will take it off immediately and put it in the donate pile. And it's not mm. like, oh, I don't know if this Ooh. is myself. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel good. I put something on yesterday, and I've worn it a couple times, and yesterday I was, like, doing a bunch of meetings like this, and I was staring at myself, and I was like, I don't like this color. And then I just, like, got rid, I was like, I'm donating it. Because I don't have room in my closet anymore. So... I don't know. Are these tips? I'm not sure. But I'm telling you that I'm trying to like balance my love of stuff with not wanting to constantly be cleaning up and clearing space and like, yeah, you know, making way through piles. I love this idea that things should be purposeful. That's such a good way of thinking about them. I mean, it's the, it, to me, I'm like, it's the only way. I'm intrigued also by your ability to not have attachment to things. And I think that's like such a big part of this is the like the clinging, like, like even if it, like, I just, I'm so impressed that you can try something on be like, Nope. Boom. But then also know when it's good to hold. I used to be way more like, like I said, like this is something I've been trying in the past few years that I'm like, okay, there are very few things that you're not going to find again in some way. Like, if it's, like, a vintage treasure, okay, let's take pause. But, like, if it's a dress I found, I don't know, like, fast fashion or even just, like, I don't know, something else, I'm kind of like, what is the point? I will find another maxi dress again that I like, and this one is just here for what purpose? Um, And I have not always been like this, and I am sentimental about stuff. I mean, like, there's things, like, I've got stuff in here that I can't get rid of that I love, but... I try harder in these past few years to be like, okay, but why? 
you know, and, and uh, mm. when my sister and I do this huge purge, we'll kind of go through each other's stuff and be like, wait, are you really getting rid of this? And I'm the one that's always like, yes, I don't need it. You want it? You can take it. I'm like, I don't need it. And I honestly have almost never regretted it. I'm not like telling you to get rid of like, I don't know, some, something super sentimental to you. But I think in the average, you can always find another cardigan. You're, you will. It's out there. That's my I love that. That's what I tell myself, at least, you know. OK, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right, we are back. Let's talk about your new job and your career. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. You just started a new job. Congratulations. Thank you. VP of Creative at Food 52. Like, such a cool job. Um, Could you walk us through the path you took to get here? And relatedly, I'm hoping you can speak to this a little bit. It, I am not, I'm not a designer. I'm not in your field, but I feel like I've talked to you a lot about your field and kind of observed your field. And it does still feel like a lot of these sort of creative director level jobs are male dominated. And I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about navigating this world as a woman, as a working mom. Oh, yeah. I have a lot to say about this. Um, 
Well, for okay, first I'll give you like a little. I can talk to you about like my path. Um, when I my first job ever, like my first job out of school was I moved to California. I moved to L.A. and I worked for the Virgin Mega Stores North America, which you may remember <laughs> a music store. We've said music stores, and I worked in their creative department, and I did all their signage and the maps that went in the stores, like all of the stuff that you would have in a mega store. And I lost that job because of MP3s. I mean, hello. <laughs> they were like, we're closing down all the stores. No one's buying CDs anymore. And I was like, okay, I was 22. And I was like, what? I just want to work in magazines. You know, if I, I think especially our generation, I think if you're like Gen X and you grew up in the 90s, magazines were always like, this is the coolest. This is the coolest. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, what am I doing? I want to move back to New York. I want to work in magazines. And I basically just I blanketed every magazine. I sent letters. I sent draw like things I made, like all of these things. Um, and through like a really lucky kind of series of events, I got um, a job at details. So men's fashion. Um, and I loved it. I loved it so much. Like I loved it's like pop culture. And but again, I mean, talk about male dominated, like. You know, there were yeah. a few women and and actually women there that I met who are some of my best friends still to this day, but like super male dominated. And I was there for a long time. And then I went to tea and I was at the New York Times for a few years. Um, and then I took a little break. And then I got a call from an editor friend that I worked with at the Times who was going to Condé Nast's new Condé Nast was deciding to reinvent their very kind of sleepy, dusty food magazine, Bon Appetit. It had been based in California. They closed it down. They brought it back to New York. And everyone was like, what? Like, I remember I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like an art director. And people were like, a food magazine that like after working in New York Times fashion, like, like everyone thought it was like, you know, the emoji with the teeth. Everyone was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) And I was like, I think it is cool. I was like, I don't know. Condé Nast. I'm into it. Um and we reinvented that magazine. It was nothing. We all, everybody that I started with there started on the same day. It was a very weird situation. It was like, we all got hired. We all started on the same day and we in like worked nonstop for like 45 days and like put out the first issue um, and kind of like made this huge impact on food magazines. And I was there for a really long time. And then I got married while I was there and I really wanted to move to L.A., I'm kind of put it out into the ether and I got offered a job in San Francisco, which is not LA, but we were like, mm-hmm. let's try it. And we moved there <laughs> and I worked at a travel media company. I was the creative director there and we just didn't, San Francisco was not our town, but I had my son there and I was able to kind of move back here with that job. Then I worked at Kate Spade. Um, I got offered a job there working in fashion um, I was there for a couple of years and then I was really um, looking to leave. It was not the right place for me. And I've been freelance now for two years um, doing all kinds of stuff. Very interesting. Working with agencies, working on branding, um, doing some books, doing all kinds of stuff. And then had been doing some contract work with Food 52 and then this role came up and it's just, it's kind of a dream. Like, honestly, this feels like my dream job. Like I couldn't be, I don't know. I feel like I'm like, Oh, it uh, maybe it was all building towards this. You know, it's like, it's food and it's lifestyle and there's different brands within the company and they've, um, 
I don't know. It's very cool. But I, not a but to that, but the second part of your question, I think about this all the time in terms of being a creative director and a mom. There's like a very famous quote, and I might be miss, um, I might be saying it wrong. I think it was Milton Glaser, but it could have been another one of like a very famous designer where basically in a talk, someone was like, why are there not more, why aren't there more female creative directors? And he was like, because they have babies. And everyone like freaked out at him. But I was like, he's not wrong. Now, I don't accept that, obviously, as as something that I love to hear, but it's not wrong. You know, I had my son when we were living in San Francisco and I was a creative director. But like, you know, you take five months off if you're lucky. I was able to right? like you take the time off, you come back, you're trying to work a full day. You're going to pump in the mail room. It's the only room that locks twice a day. You're leaving at five so you can maybe get home for the nanny and then do like there was no way, especially in that first year or even longer to commit myself in a way that a man would who had a newborn at home. And like, that's just the truth. And like there, you know, in, on darker days, there could be people that I worked with in magazines, men who let's say were like the junior designer when I was an art director who became creative directors way before I did, or have reached a much higher level before I did. And I was like, well, they didn't take time off because they had a baby they didn't you know what i mean it's it's not i'm sure there's some people that don't feel this way but it is the truth you have kids and you have to make choices and not everybody makes the choice but i am not i definitely more than ever was like i just can't work till 11 o'clock every night i don't see the point in it and i actually can't do it well i mean like what i really hear from what you're saying is that most corporations, large, small, are not set up to support uh, working parents, specifically working moms at all. And then because of the like gender construct and patriarchy and the way that heterosexual relationships play out, uh, a lot of times it's the straight men who are, like you said, rising above you and then women are erased from the workforce. Yeah. I mean, and the place that I was working at when I had my son was as accommodating as anybody could be Mm. you know i mean they were so supportive but in the long run and it has nothing to do with them it's more just like yourself your mental space i was like Mm. okay like you could be like you're just not working you're just at like half capacity i mean it's just the truth and it it makes a difference and also in that comment it is what you're saying um Kate, in that, especially, let's say, in traditional media and traditional publishing, it may be different now. I've been out of it for a minute, but there was there's no way to be a young mom um, in the way that was normally working. I mean, when I think about I think about this a lot now that when I was at Bon Appetit, I mean, I was in my 20s. You know, I or, I'm sorry. I was maybe 30, early 30s. Um, and there were a few editors, like a few of the women I worked with had small children at home. And I think about it now and I'm like, we would work till 10 o'clock at night. We would work 
and and it was not okay to be like, I have to go home and see my kids before they go to bed. Like that was not okay. And the men that we worked with, I don't, I think they worked that late because they didn't want to go home and do bedtime. Like whatever. I'm saying that I don't know that for sure, but I think about it now and I feel like crushed about it actually that like the women I worked with had like three-year-olds at home and they were most of their week with us, you know, I don't know, closing a page talking shit like everyone just joking around having fun and they were probably so stressed and it was probably so hard on them and like and it never didn't cross my mind because I wasn't even married but like I think about it now and I feel actually like real sadness (laughs) about that and like if I had had a kid then there's no way I wouldn't have been able to keep the job yeah I worked in a corporate I I worked for Viacom when I had my first kid and you know it's in terms of corporations they were fairly quote accommodating but like I worked on the seventh floor, the rooms to breastfeed. There were two rooms that you had to make appointments to use and sign out. They were on like the 45th floor. It took me five minutes and two elevators to get up. I mean, it was so oh my God. inhospitable, even though they had, all, they checked all the boxes of like having a, you know, breastfeeding room, one room for like thousands of employees. I mean, it's so, even the, the companies that quote, like do it well, I don't think ultimately are really doing it well. And they set you up for, for failure, essentially. Ooh, I am on a soap box. Sorry I brought us here, but listen, I mean, I mean I've got lots to say about it. It's true. I mean, I, reality. I, I stopped breastfeeding at six months mainly because I just couldn't maintain it at work. No oh, one yeah. was saying Thanks. that to me, but I was like, if I'm going to be leaving early, but also keep taking these breaks to, get topless in the mail room and do the, I was like it doesn't make sense to me I'd rather get my work done and know that I can leave early to see my baby yeah. I mean I didn't love pumping anyway but I definitely like that was a big part of it that I was like I can't do this anymore I'm done it's taking up yeah. too much work time it's like a depressing the fact reality. that you're like carrying 20 pounds of breast pump and milk back and forth on the subway on or the wherever Bart, I know or- yeah, pumping in your car in LA is another thing. I mean, it's 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 really real. And I think what you you make a really good point because I think people without children don't realize it and it's not really their fault. It's because this is not ta- like it's there's no room for these kinds of this kind of dialogue ever in um work culture. And so yeah. it's hard to even know that it exists, you know? It's it sucks. Oh, I mean before I had a kid when when people would say oh i'm gonna pump at work like in my mind it was this like super easy you just like go into a room and you're just like milk just comes out and that's it. i didn't think <laughs> about like where you store it like none of that like it just it didn't i didn't understand it um so yeah and it feels like all of these kinds of things like the pumping room being on the 45th floor like all these are all these things are thought of by people who just don't really get it yeah so completely um i want to like totally switch gears (laughs) and talk about your makeup and skincare routines oh yes because my god always you have always rocked a bold lip and i want to i want to talk about a bold lip but i also want to talk about your hair because you were the first person I knew who used a halo hair extension thing. Love it for life. And it was 
love it for life. So I want to hear about all of it. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay, let's talk about it. Um, again, like when I was like feeling nervous about coming on the show because I'm like I'm not like a skincare junkie. Like I. I like to find what I like, but I'm not like constantly trying new things. I'm not like showing off my empties on Instagram kind of vibe. <laughs> I'm not against it. I just don't think I've ever, I don't know. I think it's kind of like slightly sensitive skin. So I've always been like, I got to find what works and then roll with it because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I will say I do really like what I'm using right now. Uh, and I just do skin stuff. I just do like, you know, the moisturizer. Oh, Kate, I started. I don't know if this is what you talked about, but I was having one of those late night Target, you know, rolling through the aisles things. And I bought mm-hmm. this pixie, pixie collagen glow. I don't know, some sort of pixie toner that I thought you talked about on an episode that I had listened to. And I was like, I think Kate talked about this. So I bought it and I really like it. So even if you didn't, I don't know. I, it was on my mind because I've kind of been you know, going back through the archives. So God knows when you talked about it, but I was like, I swear Kate talked about this. So I do like... Pixie Glow Tonic. I think that, yeah. Pixie Glow Tonic. Okay. I think that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Classic. classic. I love it. That's new for me. I, st- I like, I have a lot of problem with redness. I mean, I'm very red right now because it's warm up here, but that's like my issue. And so uh, that's what I'm always like. If I switch that, it makes me red. I don't know. Anyway. So I'm not like a big skin. I, I find what I like and I don't do a lot of makeup. I do some kind of tinted thing. Um, Dory, the last time I saw you in person, I was making you check out that tinted skin oil that I really like. Yes. The which co- I ended Kosas. up writing about for InStyle. It was in, I put it in like a roundup of foundations. I truly stand. Like it is actually covers things and then it feels like it goes away. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like mm. I try some and you put it on and you're like, what is that? It, it, I don't see any difference. Anywho, and then I have to fill in my eyebrows because they're very light or spare. And then I do a red lip. I've always loved a red lip. And I've worn the same. I I do the NARS Dragon Girl um, stick, not the lipstick, like mm-hmm. the stick. And I've worn that mm-hmm. forever. But you know how, like, I'm sure, you know how everybody has, like, one thing that they're always just, like, like, for some people, it's like striped T-shirts. Like, there's always a thing that you're like, well, I'll always buy another one. Like, maybe this is more perfect than yes. the one I have. I have yes. probably every red lipstick, like, you could imagine. Because I just get seduced by it. You're like, oh, well, maybe this is, like, better. Um, Very few are better than NARS Dragon Girl, which is what I'm wearing. Mm. It's very matte. It's very flat. It's, like, the perfect red. It's bright, but it's not neon it's not orangey it's not dark um although kate your red is really good too by the way mine is also nars it's nars heat wave i was just telling oh, heat wave's about it good. heat wave's day. a little more orange but heat wave is really orange. good there's another one ugh, i did not come with my a game here because i did not write down there's another brand called U- uoma or uomo uh-huh yeah uoma they, they make a great red. I wear that one too. I don't usually love a lipstick, like a tube of lipstick. I feel like mm-hmm. it's never as matte, but that one is very good. And there's a, I just bought a drugstore one last week that I love and I can't find it. I lost it. <laughs> like I put, I Aww. like wrote, I like told myself, I was like, I want to talk about this on Forever 35. I'm going to find it and send it to you too anyway, because I think it's a good one to know. Like it stays put. It's perfect red. And you know, it's like, I don't know, $9 or something. Um, 
hair. Let's talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about it. I have terrible, like, real hair. It's, like, really thin. It's, like, kind of wavy. It's, like, kind of frizzy. So when I was getting married, Kate, this is not my real hair. I didn't know. I didn't know well, until I read the document that Dory wrote this in. And I was like, what? Oh, then yeah. Dory I mean, also fooled me with her extensions. And I will tell people if they ask me, I'm like, oh, this is not all my hair. Like, I, like, but so when I was getting ready to get married, um, I was like, I want to have like dream hair. Like, I want like Priscilla Presley. Like, I met with my hairstylist, Allison. She's the only person who's cut my hair probably since the same time I started my blog. Like, she's the only person I've ever gone to. She came to do my hair for my wedding, like, upstate. She's the best. And I was like, I just want my hair to be, like, long and really nice, but I don't want extensions that get, like, glued in or sewn and whatever. And she was like, oh, well, let's just do, like, a halo. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And she's the first person that turned me on to it. Now... That first one, like, was a fancy salon one that cost me, like, a lot of money. And I've since now, like, found other places where it's, like, more affordable. But it's basically, you know, it's like a fishing wire headband with long, gorgeous locks attached to it. Gorgeous. And so... I can't believe this isn't your real hair. My mind is blown. This is my hair. This is my hair. This is not my hair. (laughs) I've seen you in person and I just, I, you can't, I mean, this is the magic of all these things. Okay. Right. And I just, I wore it for my wedding and I was like, this makes me feel so happy. It makes me feel so good. And I can't, my hair's never gotten this long. I just don't have hair that grows like to your hip. And so I just started wearing it all the time. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) I love it. And I went through phases with it. When I had a baby, I stopped wearing it. I was kind of like, what am I doing? Putting in my extensions every day to like hang out. And then also when they go through that phase where they're grabbing at you all the time, I was like, not really. So I, a couple of years took a break and now I'm like back in it. I love it. I live for it. Um, it's a little hot in the summer. I'll admit they're like, I sometimes in the summer, I just don't wear it. Like, and my hair is shorter. And it's so funny, like, who wants to comment and who doesn't. Like, sometimes people will be like, is your hair always that long? And I'll be like, oh, no, I put my extensions in today. And they'll be like, what? And you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, but for the most part, um, I do it. The bangs are real, though, Kate. These are mine. Although, like, you can get bangs clip-ins. Why not? Live your life. Yeah. So can yeah. I ask a question about the logistics of this hair crown you you put it in every day like it's a thing that you are installing on your head do you sleep in it no 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 i will if you want after we're record i have to wear this um time life headset listeners to be able to record this podcast with these two lovely ladies (laughs) but when we're done i will fully take it out and show you if you want i do i do it's like i basically put my hair up in a little half bun i put this thing on and then i pull my hair down over on top of it and then I brush it in kind of together. And then sometimes I curl it with my curling iron to give it a little zhuzh. And then I go. You can do it in like five minutes. Do you wash it? Rarely. And I know that seems gross. I'll do dry shampoo. Um, I will sometimes spray it down and then like squeeze it out. But I, when I've tried to like legit wash it, I have really messed it up. So I get a new one like maybe every four, six months. 
Can you say how much they cost? Yeah. The the ones that I've been buying recently are like 250 bucks. Okay. The place that I really loved recently, they were coming from, it was like an Etsy seller I found and she lives in the UK. So it was maybe like 275 because they were being shipped. But I don't know. I was like, it's worth it to me. And I, when I was younger, I couldn't, I would wear it sparingly because I was like, I can't buy a new one all the time. And now like I can do, I have a little bit more leeway to do that. Um, but the important thing is you want real hair. Um, I like 22 inches. That's very long. And there's a certain grams, like 20 grams or something like that. I have to look at what I have saved, but I like it really thick and I like it really long, but it can be very heavy. So like, like you, there are times where you could put it on and you'll be like, I feel the weight of this other person's hair, like hanging on my head, but I'm used to it now. Um, yeah, it's like my, I love it. I live for it. It like makes me I feel really good. I want one. I will direct you right now. I have, I'm trying to find a new place to go because I just reached out to the Etsy seller and I was like, wait, are you not selling these anymore? And she's like, I'm not. And I was like, God oh. damn it. So I got to do some research on like my next place to get them from. But it's so easy and it just like, it makes me feel like this is, I look more like what I think myself should look like. Do you know what I mean? I was like, this is, mm. this is actually me. Like, this is me. Like, I am supposed to be this long-haired gal. Love that. Uh, well, I think that, although I feel like we could talk to you for another, like, three hours, mm-hmm. we should probably I mean, let I you go do your actual job. Um, <laughs> this was such a delight. Like, not just because we're good friends, but just, it was just great. So, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. This was, like, a real, real dream. Elizabeth, where can people find you if they want to follow along with your life? Instagram is really where you're going to find me. Um, it's at white underscore lightning. Um, that's pretty much it. That's like the only place I'm really putting stuff out there right now. Well, thank you again. Okay. Oh. I did. I, I was like, if we ever had a third co-host, <laughs> Elizabeth would be it. It would be Elizabeth. Um, that was just so. That was so great. It was so fun. Uh, it I mean, was so fun. Tr- also truly, the highlight of my life is watching someone take their hair extensions out that I didn't know wore hair extensions. Yes, yes, and yes, I'm like yes. such a fool. Like I always. You know, like I, I think I've told this story before, but when I moved to LA, a friend of mine who's an actress picked me up to go out to dinner and she had just like hair in the car because when she was shooting her TV show, they would put all these hair. Ex- and this happens to every actor on TV. They put hair extensions in you to make your hair look more voluminous. And then you like yank it out when you're driving home from work. And I had no idea. So my whole life, I just believed that every star, that that was just their luxurious hair. Totally. <laughs> right? Like, I just didn't know. The same way I feel about fake eyelashes. Like, it didn't, I didn't realize everybody was wearing them. Yeah. I'm always fooled. I'm a very gullible beauty person. I mean, I get, I fully get that because I feel like the, the wool was pulled away from my eyes. What's that saying? Is that the saying? Yes. 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 That's um, the saying. When I started, like when I got hair extensions a few years ago, 
because I was like, oh, (laughs) you know, like anytime you kind of indulge in a a beauty treatment that like any famous person has, you're like, oh, I guess they all do this. Yeah. Like, oh, that's why you're all so hot. Yeah. (laughs) I get it Um, now. Totally. Um, Anyway, so but let's talk about our intentions, because this is the first Mm. episode of 2022. We're setting the stage. We're cleaning. We're cleansing the air. We are ushering in new energy. Yes. Or we're bringing in the old shit from last year. I mean, either way, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, because my the last intention that we talked about, we didn't do weekly intentions on our episode with Sam um, because we were talking kind of more big picture about 2022. So the last weekly intention that I had was to clean off my desk. I still have not cleaned off my desk, but I would like to reuse this intention, except now I think I really need to just like clean my whole office. Mm. Mm, Boy. Okay. It's just getting, I mean, I'm looking around and I'm like, what, what, what is happening? (laughs) Why are there so many piles? Why is my life just, overwhelmed by piles i i i empathize so deeply i mean this is all i exist is in piles my whole life is in piles i get it well um i mean look i will remind you to do this the next time we speak it'll probably be annoying i'll probably be like hey did you clean off your desk did you clean your office I mean, honestly, I would love that accountability. Okay. Okay. I will do it. I will commit to this. This will be part of my intention. So I had three weeks ago intended to wake up 15 minutes earlier each day. That did not happen. This is still kind of something in my brain, but I'm not going to make this my focus this week. Okay. So I'll talk about this deeper and later down the road, but I have found a system that is working for me in terms of kind of staying on top of my to-dos. Go on. It's the Reminders app, which is an Apple app. So it's on my desktop, my iPad, my iPhone, and my watch. Am I an Apple person or what? Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, this is so annoying. But it, it, uh-huh. it, I just started using it and it dawned on me that because I every kind of screen I have is Apple, I can put this app for like on the front of everything. And anytime I update it in one of these um, devices, it updates in all the other ones. So it has really helped me stay on top of stuff in the last month. And what I want to do is maybe take like 30 minutes and just figure out if there are ways I can maximize the app and like use it in ways that I don't know about yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if I can learn anything about it that will help me use it better for my brain. But right now it is actually, it's been really helpful. I've been really pleasantly surprised because I normally will pick up a tool or a system and use it for like four days and then I move on to the next one. And I've been going strong with reminders for about a month now. That's amazing. That's a big, that's big for me. It's definitely big for me. So that's great. I need to do a little more research into how I can really, or maybe this is it and I'm using it to the fullest, you know, extent of what I need it for, but we'll yeah. see. Kate, I am, I, I feel like I've already been the beneficiary of your new use of reminders. Well, did I tell you you oh, I think I did tell you this how you you emailed me at night about scheduling and I read the email 
And I wrote back and I was like, I'll get back to you. But then I put in my reminders, like, get back to Dory about scheduling. Okay. You know what's so funny? I've already said this, haven't I? No, 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 you haven't. Okay. But as soon as I got that email from you that were, that where you were like, I just have to check my calendar. I remember thinking, I'm not going to hear back from her and I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to nudge her and Uh like, and I hate nudging. And what happened? But I'm definitely not going to hear back from her. And then you, you followed up. Right. And I was like, I was legit like, wow. Uh huh. Because it was in my fucking reminders and I can look my reminders is my home screen on my phone. I have it on my home screen on my watch and I just and I see it and I check it. And I then love I love like, that. I love that so much because <sighs> I do feel like and I do this too. Like if I don't respond to the thing right away, if I'm like, I'll get back to you on that. I never remember. So whenever I get an email from someone that's like, got to just check on something I always like uh, I'm not going to hear back about this so, <laughs> so no I, I really appreciate that I I have found that has been really helpful for me is that I put it in my to, in this reminders you know like Anthony will leave emails in his inbox and that is his to-do list essentially but he keeps his inbox at zero I my inbox is just overflowing so if you send me an email I will forget about it gets just lost in the clutter. So I have to remind myself somewhere else that I need to respond to something. So yeah, I get it. Anyway, who knew reminders would be the thing that is working. I for love me, it. Here I, I am. love it. Whatever, ever works. works. All right. Well, yeah. look, it's great to be here in the new year with you. I truly am hoping for a better year in 2022, but you know, fingers crossed. Me too. Um, and before we go, we should remind everyone that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier, and you, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager, our network partners, ACAST. Talk to you all again very soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>